In this episode of a developer experience podcast, I talk to my friend Eric Potter about his systems, and he goes deep on the Pomodoro technique. When we recorded this episode, Eric was a principal software architect. He's now the director of technology education at Sweetwater. Enjoy the show. My name is Eric Potter. I am a principal architect for Core BTS. Um, I work out of our Fort Wayne office. Um, Eric, can you tell me a little bit about uh, what works for you in terms of um, getting your work done, managing tasks, um, getting through the day-to-day stuff? Yeah, and that's that's such an interesting question. And one of the things you have to remember about where I'm at, I'm almost 20 years in. Yeah. And so things that work for me now wouldn't have necessarily worked in the past, right? Yeah, so definitely. like me giving my past self advice, my past self would be like, oh, that doesn't fit what I'm doing. There's so much, you know, it's kind of evolutionary, you kind of have to take what works and throw away what doesn't. And you just can't get stuck in a rut. Like you just have to be self-aware enough to see mm-hmm. what needs to change year over year. So let me give just a little bit more context to my current job situation. And it's been this way for, I don't know, three-ish years where I was put in a role or I took a role where I wasn't doing development full-time, mm-hmm. where I was doing project work 50% of the time and then other business-related goals 50% of the time, which meant that I was now task-switching um throughout the day and not just like, oh, I have to switch from doing writing code to doing a code review, like no, like big picture task switches. Mm -hmm. And it was around that time that I read a book called The Pomodoro Technique, which is, I mean, it's a fairly well-known technique. And the high level idea, the part that, that everyone remembers is that you divide your work up into 25 minute blocks. Mm-hmm. What people for, tend to forget is that the idea is you actually plan out your day right. in 25 minute blocks, right? So you you sit down at the beginning of the day and like, okay, what are the things I need to do and start breaking it out? And if you can estimate what your work is going to be in 25 minute blocks, then you can say, okay, well, I think this is what I can get done by the end of my workday today. Mm-hmm. The piece that people remember, it is oddly emphasized, is the five-minute break, right? So the idea is you're 25 on, five off, right? You're supposed to do that all day. I think that the five-minute break is way overemphasized, and people think it's this thing where, like, oh, you can go, I don't know, watch TikTok or whatever. (laughs) And if you do that, the Pomodoro technique's not going to work for you. But if... You plan out what you're going to do and you say, okay, I'm going to work. I'm going to focus for 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. At the end of 25 minutes, that's when I'm going to go get coffee or that's when I'm going to go get water. That's when I'm going to go, yeah, I don't know, whatever that thing is you have to do. Mm-hmm. But it's like anyone can hit it and just be focused for 25 minutes. Yep. Um, and then, um, yeah, the other parts of the Pomodoro technique, yeah, that, that part of the beginning of the day where you plan out the rest. And then throughout the day, you're supposed to be tracking interruptions. And so then there's like almost a mini um, retrospective at the end of the day. 
Yeah. So you can say, okay, well, here, this was my plan, which is all written out. All right. Mine's in a text file. Um, so here's my plan, but what actually happened? And then how do I adjust? So maybe if there was a task that came up that I didn't anticipate that threw off my plan, well, maybe I should have anticipated that better. Or maybe I should have blocked out time to deal with that mm-hmm. um, up front. So that was that was kind of the the initial structure. And then at some point after I started doing that, uh, my manager challenged the whole team to have three goals every day. Sure. And so then I kind of married these two ideas. So now what I do is every morning I sit down, okay, what are the three things that I want to accomplish today? And so then once I know what my three things I want to accomplish are for the day, then I start saying, okay, well, I'm going to allocate six Pomodoros to finishing this first goal and four Pomodoros to the next goal, whatever. And then there's always some, so my work is broken out into my top three goals and then miscellaneous. Cause there's, there's always that thing like, oh, we had to do health enroll or health insurance enrollment recently. Mm-hmm. And so like, okay, well, I just got to have some time during the day to go talk to HR about that. Right. But then that also gives me a chance at the end of the day to not only say, what was my plan? Did I work it? But like, okay, I had three goals. Did I get them done? You know, if yeah. not, why? Um, and then, um, and then a lot of that rolls over to the next day. It's like, okay, well, this didn't go the way I thought. I need to take a new approach, but I, I definitely need to finish it. So this is now the big thing for the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I've really learned to like about this system is balancing the urgent and the important. Sure. Like, like there are some things on my calendar that are just always going to demand my time. Like one of the things I'm doing a lot of right now is interviewing uh, potential teammates. And when I've got a meeting on my calendar, which that meeting is on my calendar, is actually put there by um, our talent acquisition team. And so that's going to demand my attention. But if I'm going to do a good job interviewing that person, I need to prepare for that interview. And a lot right. of times if I've got back-to-back meetings, that means I need to plan a, a Pomodoro earlier in the day to say, okay, this is this is what I need to do. I need to go to the resume and look at their profile, look at their portfolio. Mm-hmm. And so having this plan, the Pomodoro plan, gives me a chance to say, okay, I'm probably going to need two Pomodoros for the interview and one for prep. And that, so I make sure I get that prep done beforehand. I go in, I'm ready, um, and can um, evaluate the candidate as fairly as possible. Mm-hmm. Do you ever take time? in the middle of the day to kind of shift the plan or do you do most of your planning at the beginning of the day, if not all of your planning at the beginning of the day? Um, I don't know that I ever like sit down and, and like say, okay, I'm going to replan. Mm-hmm. What definitely happens is you get partway through the day and like, well, this plan is over. Something yeah. came up there. There was a production bug or, you know, who knows what happened? Who knows mm-hmm. what fire needs to be put out? I'm like, well, uh, I guess I'm done with this plan for the day. Um, and so sometimes you have to say, yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I just set that piece of paper aside and, and do what you have to do. <laughs> and, you know, at first that's kind of frustrating, but I think that you just learn to live with a little bit of the messiness of, yeah. of work life. And you're like, oh, Okay, well, 
today went in the wrong direction. We'll, you know, wake up tomorrow, uh, clear eyes, big cup of coffee and get after it again. Yeah. Yeah. Adapts to the uncertainty. Um, cool. Uh, it sounds like there's a lot of like self-reflection in here. Like that's a big part of it, both in terms of planning to know what you're, um, what you think you're going to have time for, what you're going to be interested in, uh, et cetera. And then also like the end of the day, like you said, um, look, taking a look and seeing what, what your day actually looked like compared to what you thought it was going to look like or what you planned for. Um, is there any more, uh, any more thoughts that you have on that self-reflection side of it? Um, yeah, a couple of things. I mean, one other side benefit, and again, this is more specific to my context and the context for a lot of people. I work in an environment where I have to build my hours, like I have to track mm-hmm. my hours. And so that's kind of a headache for some people. For me, it's like, <laughs> oh, I get to the end of the day and like I can look, I can literally have a record of what I did half hour by half hour throughout the day. And so that makes it um, really easy. Yeah. Another thing, uh, this is like another thing I started tracking um, in conjunction with this is just having like some longer running notes. So a lot of times what I see in retrospect, like team retrospectives is that there's a lot of recency bias, like, well, yes. well, well the sprint, right? Oh, look at the last three days. Yeah. Uh, you know, what didn't go well? well you know, that first week of the sprint, no one remembers. And so I've actually added, again, I, I, I'd really dork out on this. I have a text file format and it's, <laughs> you know, it's got, it's not quite marked down, but it's kind of obnoxiously structured. <laughs> right. And so then I'll make a note like, okay, well, what, what, what did the team do well today? What did the team not do well today? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's what I didn't do well today. And so I can see my plan. I can see what didn't happen or did happen. I make notes about that. So then when I get to the end of a retro or when we get to a end of a sprint, go into a retro, um, I should have 10 of these text documents and I can at least skim through them real quick and see, okay, well, what's, what's worth bringing up with the whole team. Um, the other thing I will sometimes do, I, you see that recency bias in performance about your self evaluations for performance reviews. Definitely. And so, um, if something's really big, I'll make a note of it. Like, Hey, we, we shipped this feature and you know, I might not have a performance review for, I don't know, six months, but I want to have a record of this somewhere. And so going into, you know, my performance review, I will often skim through those and be like, Oh yeah. What were the week, the hits of the week? Cause a lot of times it's those like daily wins that then become the things at the end of the year, it's like, oh yeah, I, I forgot that we were, you know, in danger of slipping schedule, and then we we were able to come up with something. Yeah, you know, that was a much bigger deal than we thought it was going to be. And so, kind of having that that look back at the year, um, and I I try to do those periodically. I yeah, I'm just a big believer in in looking back at. Mm-hmm. Um, at what's gone well and and what's not worked. One of the things that I endeavor to do, I never seems to work out as well as I think it will do, or I think it will, but like dedicating time to pain reduction. So Mm -hmm. what are the things Mm -hmm. that took me too much time, but should be automated? 
as software developers, we all have that one thing that we have to do. And every time you do it, like, oh, I should just write a script to do this. But then you don't and you go on. When you start looking back and like, oh man, I did that. I did that thing five times this month. Yeah. It's like, oh, this definitely is worth some of my time to write a script to do this. Okay. Well, now this is, I have no problems blocking out two Pomodoros the next day to write a script to do this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm starting to get this trend of like, oh man, this takes, this takes like a, almost a Pomodoro every week. You know, my ROI on this is, you know, pays for, it'll pay for itself by the end of the month. Yeah. Or, you know, sometimes you're like, you realize that like, oh, I spend a little too much time on this. I should automate it. And I don't know, then you don't for whatever reason, you just mad at yourself, but <laughs> you know, you just keep cutting yourself with the paper, little tiny paper cuts over and over and over. <laughs> is it Socrates that said the unexamined life is not worth living, right? Uh, so I try to live with the the thought that the un- unexamined work life is not efficient. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's not worth doing because you get paid, but yeah. Yeah, but you can definitely feel like you're stuck in a rut or like you can't escape some of those um, those feelings of just repetitive droning through something um, because you keep doing those, like you said, those same five things over and over and over. Um, I'm really excited for you. I hope that at some point you get to meet my friend, John, who is also my coworker. Um, who is also going to be a guest on this podcast because um, he also talks a lot about what you just were just describing in regards to setting the time aside for uh, improving like your developer, your own personal developer experience. He calls it his sharpening time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and he tried to get me on board with it too when I first started and I put it on my calendar. Um, that's the other thing I wanted to ask you about it is if you, um, if you have a recurring time for that, that like do you put in a reminder for yourself to do it every so often or does it just kind of come up when it when it, when it comes up so i have a meeting with myself every single day at 5 okay um to do kind of my daily retro and it it kind of works like i said i'm required to enter my time so it's a nice reminder to be like okay this is the end of the day where i um i do this at the end of the day right uh i will say that is i'm I blow that meeting off a lot, right? It's with me, right? <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but it's definitely the first thing that slips out of my schedule. Uh, I would like to tell you that I'm much better at like actually getting some good reflection time in every day. But if I get it, you know, th- three days out of five in a week, mm-hmm. that's probably enough. Mm-hmm. And then. Yeah, then the the yearly stuff that just comes up when my performance review is coming up, and I just know it's like okay, well I've I've got a year's worth of these notes that I can go back through and start looking, and that's that's kind of a good time for me to block out a larger chunk of time to say okay, what did I accomplish in the last year? What how did I grow? Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a good time to start thinking about goals for the next year. Um, and you were talking about the important, but not urgent things. A lot of times like, okay, well, I have this growth goal for the next year and, you know, I need to learn more about, uh, you know, scrum or, you know, some other like larger picture, you know, leadership role type of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, I gotta, I gotta start channeling out, carving out some Pomodoros in my work life. Maybe not every day, 
uh, but to accomplish these bigger goals. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's definitely some, uh, all of this rolls into what I'm doing annually on, you know, around my perfect vow. Mm-hmm. Um, the recency bias stuff is, is interesting to me also. Um, it's something that actually came up yesterday in one of our sprint retros, uh, was the idea that it's really helpful to keep track of things that you want to talk about in the retro throughout the sprint, instead of just trying to remember it all at the end. Um, and so we've started doing things like actually creating the retro board at the beginning of the sprint. So people can just go drop things in there so they don't have to remember them. Um, but also I think for me, there's a psychological effect to a, a very positive psychological effect to being able to look back on the things that I've done and the things that I've accomplished. And it, it keeps me having that prevents me from getting into a dark place where like I've had a rough couple weeks or a rough month. And all I can think about are the rough times that I've had for the, la- the last month. Um, because I can look back and see that there were there were other times and like, oh yeah, I did do this amazing project two months ago and that was great. Um, is there, do you have any thoughts about that? Uh, like that psychological effect of keeping track of things? Yeah. So I think there are two. And the first one is that throughout the day, every time I finish a Pomodoro, I'm putting a check mark in there or, a, mm-hmm. you know, marking that off. And so it's kind of good to be like, well, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe there was some, uh, you know, they just had some NPM packages that needed to be upgraded. And I wasn't really excited about it. I'm like, okay, yeah, I need to do that. And so now it's like, okay, well, here's a Pomodoro. You know, check all these things out. Boom, got it done. All right, check. Got mm-hmm. it. I, w- you know, I won that one. Yeah. You get that um, little rush from checking the box. Yeah. And I don't know. You would think that I would be at a place in life where that wouldn't make me happy, but it does. <laughs> and I'm, and I actually have kind of embraced that. Like, you know, no, it's good. There are enough things in my work life. That's kind of a slog. And it's like, no, I'll take the, the cheap wins. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that's interesting about software development, uh, maybe it's like this in other professions too, is that when things go well, they generally go fast. And so there's some feature that a user requests you know, the software is already well factored. Uh, the code's well documented. CICD pipeline is working flawlessly. And so it's like, oh man, we cranked this out. We got it done. Just mm-hmm. a couple of days. And then the next thing, for whatever reason, like the f- code's not factored the right way and it's, and it's, you know, it takes much longer. Well, then you look back like, well, what's the thing? What do you remember? Like, well, you, I remember where all, I spent all my time and that was hard. Yeah. And so like this thing that actually went the way that we wanted it to do, go is like, oh, Forgot that. So like having that moment to say, yeah, we, there was this feature and we got it done, you know, ahead of schedule, man, that's, you know, you gotta, you gotta take some time to appreciate that, mm-hmm. you know, cause those are the things that kind of motivate you to do things the right way the next time. Cause like, okay, I remember that time that you know, we got into this part of the code that is well-maintained and, you know, we had some wins there. So mm-hmm. Let's make sure the rest of our code looks that way too. Totally. Um, do you think you could take a step back a little bit? And you talked about how you have a really specific, and uh, I think you might have used the word annoying or something, maybe nerdy. I don't remember. I'm not saying those things about you if you didn't use those words. No, I, <laughs> but you no, talked I, about how you have like this text file format uh, 
to keep track of things. Do you think you could talk about that a little bit more? Yeah. And I don't know. You will if, think if it's I was... too deep of a question and you don't want to share yeah. it. Like we get too deep inside your brain. That's then let's just uh, skip it. But <laughs> no. And I mean, just keep in mind, this is the thing that like I, when I started doing the Pomodoro technique, um, I was doing it kind of by the book, which is literally blank text file with um, 16 spaces, mm -hmm. right? And then some spaces for, to track interruptions. Um, and then it evolved from there to uh, like, okay, well, I'm going to break this up. And now, so I've got goal number one, I'm going to fill in goal number one. I'm going to put Pomodoro's into that and goal number two. And then you, at some point you realize like, oh, well, it's, um, I, I need something, I need this thing for replacing our goal. So now I've got a fourth heading for miscellaneous. <laughs> um, and I don't know that I came up with this weird system where, uh, you know, instead of having multi, you know, one line per Pomodoro, it's like, well, this is the task and it's going to take, you know, two Pomodoro. So I'm actually just going to have two O's in front of it. And then I'll go to two X, you know, I'll X them out as I get done throughout sure. the day. Um, and then at some point, you know, I was in some retrospective and realized I was, I was annoyed by the recency bias. I'm like, I should just every day start tracking this. So I took our retrospective questions and just paste them into the bottom of that text file. Um, and so now, you know, not only do I have, here's my plan for the day. And at the bottom, I, I track, uh, what went well, what went poorly. And so there's all these headings and the headings are denoted with double equal signs. Um, and I now have a script. So it's like this template and uh, I have a script that makes a copy of that every morning uh, <laughs> with that day's date. I love it. Um, and then there's some things you just have to do every day. So like I, I block out a Pomodoro every day for code reviews. Sure. Right. And so my template literally has, um, uh, you know, something already in there, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do code reviews today. I was trying to think that there's, um, I guess the other thing I have in there, uh, I, I have one Pomodoro in my template for learning initiatives, mm -hmm. right? Where it's like, you know, I can spend a little bit of time every day learning. Now that one, admittedly, depending on the day, sometimes I just delete that one. Yep. But at least it's a, a conscious thought to say, okay, today is not the day for me to go do some more um, sharpening the ax. I'm, I'm going to take it out, but I have, my default position is to have a little bit of learning time in there somewhere. Yeah. In regards to the code review, uh, it sounds like you kind of batch those activities into one Pomodoro. Are there, is, is that concept of batching? Is that something that you find elsewhere in, um, uh, planning your Pomodoros or, um, is that maybe just a little bit of a stretch? So one of the things that I'll often do with the Pomodoro technique is try to not respond to email or um, instant messages throughout the Pomodoro, like just stay focused. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, you know, depending on what's going on, I will get behind. Like I'm not going to ever catch up on my email five minutes at a time. Right. And so then it's going to say, okay, well, at some point in the day, I'm just going to take a whole Pomodoro and just try and get to inbox zero. Mm -hmm. 
And so, yeah, I think it's really healthy to kind of batch those things up and say, okay, this is my, this is my 25 minute window to try and get caught up, you know, cause again, you some emails are from clients and they're urgent. Some are like, well, this needs to be responded to today. You get to the end of the day and like, oh man, I got a whole pile. So yeah, I, li- I like batching those things together. You know, there's some other administrative things that I have to do with regard to like pr- uh, providing uh, performance feedback for my teammates. Right. So a lot of times like, okay, well, take 25 minutes and get, th- get those knocked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so trying to like squeeze those into one 25 minute window and then get back to my development work, I think is helpful. Also, I think, especially with um, email, not only is it batched, it's almost like a race against the clock. It's like, okay, <laughs> I, I've, I've just got to get these knocked out yeah. in 25 minutes. And so it kind of gives some artificial urgency that maybe uh, helps me get through it faster. Right, because you're not going to give yourself more than that one Pomodoro. Once that time is done, it's gone. Right, right. That's fun. One of the things you said pretty early on was that uh, you think that people are overly focused on the breaks, the five-minute breaks. Uh, uh, I'm curious um, how you how you handle your breaks. And like, I have to imagine there is value there for you for sure. Um, in whether it's, whether it's giving yourself the actual break from the work, um, to let stuff process or walk away or get water or whatever. Um, but I was thinking maybe you could talk a little bit more about, about what you do there and, and what the value is that you get out of the breaks. Yeah. One of the mistakes I made early on was that I would, um, you know, work for 25 minutes. And then the timer would go off and like, okay, well now I can go look at my fantasy football results or I could, <laughs> you know, insert hobby here, right? Oh, you can go watch a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Well, inevitably, if you do that, like you, now your, your focus is somewhere else and that bleeds back into, you know, the, the next Pomodoro. Cause now it's like, okay, well, what was I working on? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you just take some time to stand up, stretch, like I said, that's usually when I go get coffee or water. Um, the building I work in is downtown. And so uh, it's, I can't quite make it around the block in five minutes, but if I cut through the back alley, you know, I can get out and get some steps in. <laughs> and one of the things that can be healthy about that is uh, an idea that I learned in the book, Pragmatic Thinking and Learning, is that a lot of times, if you're kind of stuck on a problem, as long as you're staring at the code, you're not going to come up with the out-of-the-box solution. Mm-hmm. And so for me, um, five minutes, a lot of times, like just get up, get the blood flowing a little bit. Um, and But not like trying to think about, you know, it's not like I'm necessarily trying to clear my mind, but a lot of times like, not trying to shift my focus other than getting up and walking around. Um, a lot of times like, Oh, why didn't I, I wonder if I checked, you know, that stored procedure. Maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't look at that. Yeah. And so you get back to your desk and it's like, Oh, okay. Now I've got some, some new things to try. I also work in a three story building. So with two stairwells. And so a lot of times what I'll do is literally like walk to the top floor on one stairwell, walk over and, <laughs> like do a little 
lap if little loop. if it's not uh, if it's not nice outside. Or I mean, the other thing that I've I definitely do actually, you know, like I will literally like grab a notebook, which uh, I keep a notebook with me basically all day, mm-hmm. and pen. I literally go for a walk and just like start jotting things down as I think about them. Yeah. Um. And I don't know. I find that to be really helpful. Yeah. Yeah, getting away from the problem is definitely, weirdly, sometimes the best way to solve the problem, to just completely walk away. Yeah, and have you read um, either Pragmatic Thinking and Learning or Thinking Fast and Slow? I've read Thinking Fast and Slow. Um, I haven't read Pragmatic Thinking and Learning. I did write it down uh, as something that I definitely want to look into. Yeah, but it's it's interesting to me because most people I talk to have had this experience, right? Where yep. you're just banging your head on a problem. You can't figure it out. And then you're mowing the lawn, you're walking the dog, driving, taking a shower, whatever. Right. And you have that realization mm-hmm. and like you really, you have this other idea and the idea, I think it's originally from thinking fast and slow and referenced in the other book is that the way your brain kind of processes information is that when you're no when it's no longer concerned with adding things to your short-term memory, it kind of like churns through them. And so when you're doing these more repetitive tasks, like if you're mowing the lawn, you probably mow the lawn the same way. And so your brain yeah. almost has like a chance to not check out, but it switches into a different mode. And so like try I mean there's a reason I like walking around the block because it's the same block every time. Um and it just kind of gives me a chance to be like, okay, what's What's going on? So it's kind of weird to like try and trick your brain into um, being in a different headspace, but yep. that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, for sure. Let it uh, process things asynchronously instead of synchronously. Maybe you could talk a little bit about, uh, are there any, any things that you, that you struggle with that like you haven't figured out yet that you've been working towards and you think that there's probably a way that things can get better for you, but you're not sure how. Um, you know, I think that the biggest negative is that, I mean, it's good to have a plan, but you just have to be willing to get rid of the plan. Like there are just some days where it's, it's laughable. I get to the end of the day and like, man, I had, I had three goals and I didn't accomplish any. And, and so you just kind of have to be okay with that. I think that I mean, one of the challenges with Pomodoro technique is that it it's not super great at handling like the really small things. Like what are you supposed to do if something is too big for five minutes and, but not big enough for its own Pomodoro. And maybe I'm just overthinking it. It always irritates me <laughs> um, that I can't make this thing fit into my plan. Yeah. Um, I know uh, I've had a lot of debates. I know there are some people that really dislike disengaging after 25 minutes. You know, I had a, I had a teammate and, and he's the kind of guy that could focus in. It it was infuriating to him to like, man, I was just getting in the zone at 25 minutes. Why am I stopping? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've read some people do like a, a 50 and 10 instead of 25 and 5. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there are probably some things I could do better there. I've not done enough experiments with the 50 and, and 10. I probably should and I just haven't. Mm-hmm. 
Do you, along those lines, do you ever have those kinds of moments where you've assigned yourself a Pomodoro uh, or a certain task for a Pomodoro and you start it up and you try to start it and you just like can't get into it? And there's something about it that, um, you know, it's the wrong time of the day or it's you're hungry or whatever. It's, it's, for some reason, you're just like, this isn't working. And it takes you 15 minutes to get started before you actually feel comfortable. And then along the lines of what um, that person was saying to you, you're like, oh, I just started, but I've, I'm have i done. It's time for me to move on. Um, that's an interesting question. And one of the things I like about the Pomodoro technique is kind of thinking about something in those 25 minute chunks. So a lot of times you can give yourself one, like if I'm like I am working in a section of the code that I've never worked in before. It's like, or you know, maybe it's a repo that I don't even clone down. I have cloned down. It's like, okay, well I can have a whole Pomodoro just for like that getting mm-hmm. started. Like I, I've got to find the repo and clone it. And I don't know, maybe there's some build tools I need to install. It's like, just let's get all that stuff out of the way. And so you, sometimes you almost need like a, a startup Pomodoro. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. To, to get that going. Um, one of the things that's interesting about that, you reflect on it, like, man, that that took me a whole hour to get this thing up and running. Well, maybe that changes how, you know, if I if I want to bring someone else on to look at it, like, well, I got to remember to probably take them an hour to get started too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely have. There there are times uh, where, like, you sit down, like you you start a Pomodoro, and for whatever reason, it's it's just not there or um, like one of the things in the official Pomodoro technique is like, yeah, sometimes you just have to like cancel it, you know, whether it's <laughs> an interruption or something and you track it and you say like, what happened? Yeah. Um, and this gets back to like knowing yourself. I, I do think it's really valuable for people to know what time of day, uh, certain tasks fit in. Yeah. You know, for me personally, I feel like I do my best work between 10 and noon. Yeah. And I, I don't know where that is. Um, I find my first poem of the door of the day is not my best. Like I, I intentionally try to not write code when I first get to my desk. Now I, I'm cheating a little bit because like I, I just told you, I, I spend the first chunk of my day uh, <laughs> planning out the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, but a lot of times it's like, okay, well, the first thing I need, you know, there's this other little chore I need to go do and try and get some of these things cleaned, cleaned out. Um, so that when I like the hardest, the hardest thing I need to do every day, I want to try and do between 10 and 12. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, (laughs) you know, I've got another solid window, uh, from, uh, I don't know, from like two to four, but I also know, like I, I know my attention span starts to dwindle near the end of the day. And so like, okay, well, let me like it, you know, what are the things I can put off towards the end of the day? Cause they're, they're smaller or mm-hmm. like they're maybe it's more busy work. You have to think about it less. So like it doesn't require you to get into that deep flow or that right. um, really to, to build up some big model in your head to do it. Right. And I'm not, I'm not saying that like every day at four, I'm like, oh, I'm done. Right. Like, I, mm-hmm. like I definitely have the, 
like I can push through, like when it, when it's important, I can push through, but I also try and be aware enough to kind of plan my day and say like, okay, when have I, when have I got it? When have I not? Mm -hmm. And what are the things that I do that kind of amp me up to get me, um, going throughout the rest of the day? Mm -hmm. Are there any conditions under which you find yourself not using the Pomodoro or the systems that work for you? Yeah. <laughs> so, and they're not my favorite days, but there are definitely <laughs> days when I have so many meetings. Like I, I get into the office and I look at my calendar and I'm like, what's the point of planning my day? Like my day has been planned for me already. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I've got, six meetings. And when I'm not in meetings, I need to be, be preparing for meetings. It's like, oh, there's just no point. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't, I mean, there are definitely other days when something, I have something urgent at the beginning of the day and I miss that planning phase. Yeah. And it seems like if I, if I miss my block of time at the beginning of the day to, to, uh, to plan out my day, then I, I never get back to it. Yeah. You just get sucked in right from the start. Yeah. Like you, you get to work and, or like heading into work and uh, you get an email and right. And so at least for me, there's a, a few minute walk between the building and the parking lot. And like, like I already know from my email before I get to my desk, <laughs> you know, something on the fire and I, I have to hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. So there are definitely days when I don't, I've never, it'd be interesting to look back at the last year and see how many, how many of these Pomodoro timesheets I have for myself. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely, yeah, there are definitely days when I don't. Do you have any stories of um, times that your systems have either completely saved you or completely failed you? I think the times that it has bailed me out would be the times when there was like some kind of prep task. It's like, you know, I, I'm not going to be ready to go into that meeting if I don't have a solid half hour to prep sure. on the materials. Yep. Um, or like the interview kind of situation that yeah. you're talking about. And so sometimes you just realize um, like, oh, you've got, you know, this thing just has to happen. Um, and again, it, it probably is more beneficial in days when I have back-to-back -back meetings, right? It's like, okay, well, I, I've got two meetings in a row. First one I'm ready for whatever, but that second one, I need to have done some prep work. And so you start realizing like, Oh man, I've, if I don't do this prep work in this Pomodoro, I'm not going to get it done. In terms of when it hurts me. Um, and there, there's probably a little too much emphasis that gets given to things once it's written down, right? Like, all of a sudden I've, I wrote it down and it has to happen. And there are probably times when I should be a little more flexible and, and realize that, you know, something else came up important. Mm -hmm. I suppose one of the things that I sometimes fight against is the, the maxim that work uh, expands to fill the time allotted. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there's, yeah, definitely. there's a little bit of a negative pressure where it's like, okay, well, I had planned an hour for this and I got it done with 45 minutes. And there's probably a little bit of, I don't know, negative pressure to, to maybe just throw it into neutral and coast 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I got this done and you know, I have, I've got, I've suddenly got an extra 10 minutes. Uh, maybe let's not do something. Yeah. But, uh, I think if that happened a lot, I would come up with a, a better system. So it must not, I don't think it happens too much. Yeah. I think it'd be an indication that like you, your planning was a little bit off in terms of, uh, what you expected to be one full Pomodoro versus not. Yeah. Um, cool. Is there anything that I missed in this conversation that you think is interesting or fun to share about, uh, about all of this? Um, and one of the things that I've been kind of obsessed with, and I don't know if this is interesting, um, <laughs> let's see if I can even show it to you. So I have a variety of timers. Sure. Uh, and I know this won't make for good fodder on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you're now looking straight down at, um, this timer that I made, it's just got two buttons. <laughs> That's cool. Um, and then let's see if I, if I start the next one. So I don't know how well it's coming through on the webcam, but right yeah. now, so it's actually starting Change a break. colors. So it's, it's yellow. And over the next five minutes, it will fade to red. That's and then cool. when five minutes is up, it'll blink red. Um, and then for the Pomodoro, it starts green and fades to blue and then fades to red. Wow. Um, so I don't know. It was a fun little Arduino project I built. Uh, I also have, there's some good Pomodoro timers online. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, so I'm a windows user, not a Mac user. I'm sorry, but <laughs> right. Windows has that feature where the icons on your taskbar can have a progress bar on them. Sure. Yeah. And I decided I want a Pomodoro timer that took advantage of that taskbar feature. So I actually have, it's up on GitHub. Um, where it's my Pomodoro timer is right in my, my task bar. Cool. Um, I've used other ones. I, I don't know like why that is such a weird obsession for me that I've built um, two hardware and one software Pomodoro timer when there are plenty of good apps out there for it. But. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it feels nice. Cause it's like a, it's not like you're building an entire clone of Twitter or something, you know, right. it's like a, it's a smaller bite-sized project. So if you want to scratch an itch, a particular itch, whether it's a hardware thing or it's a, oh, I've never done something in Windows development or with a taskbar, like it's a, it's a, it's a complete problem that you have to solve, but it's a small-ish problem, which is nice. Yeah. And then and the other thing I would say, I end up using quite a bit, um, there's um, a music collection. Uh, you can buy the whole set as a zip. Uh, called Music to Code By, mm-hmm. uh, by a guy named Carl Franklin. And there are these instrumental pieces. It's kind of like a bluesy, jazzy thing that he wrote for the Pomodoro technique. So oh, they're, cool. they're 25 minutes long. So when the song ends, you're like, oh, that's the end of Pomodoro. Um, he wrote them to not be distracting, but also to not be boring. Mm-hmm. Um and then I don't know if this is true of all of them. A lot of them, there's like some subtle change in the last five minutes. So you kind of know that like, okay, this is coming. But the change is so subtle. I would have not known that if I hadn't heard him <laughs> say that in an inter- interview. Yeah. That's cool. I'll check that out too. I appreciate you taking the time and hanging out with me. Like I love talking about this stuff. I love knowing I know. what other people do. And yeah, uh, you know, like I said, I forget who first told me about Pomodoro. Like there's so many things I heard other people do and I kind of incorporated into what I do. Yeah. 
I doubt anyone in the world will copy what I do lock, stock and barrel. I hope that there is like something yeah. that I do that they uh, like, Oh, you know, they find helpful. Yeah. It's, it's maybe a little bit of a reflection of the kind of people I surround myself with, I think. But I think that there's a little bit of overlap in terms of like the things that you've talked about and things that I know some of the other people I'm going to be talking to are going to be talking about, which I think um, that for me that, uh, that like builds the case that these are, these are good solutions for people to think about. Oh, I know. Uh, one other thing that's worth mentioning. Um, and I, this is one of those things that's kind of been on my to-do list. I've never gotten to it. Uh, but I know some people that, use their Pomodoro timer and kind of like leave it somewhere where people can see it. This is more like if you're in the office, mm -hmm. right? So to try, like they're trying to maintain focus. So there's a guy named David Shepard that had done some experiments with this where he's like, my whole team knows that, you know, this timer uh, is on my desk and you walk in and see it and gauge your interruption of me based on <laughs> where I am in this timer and like the important. So obviously like if there's something important, then you have know, tap me on the shoulders. Like, but if you can see that I've just got a few minutes left and it's not really that important, how about you just let me focus. Yeah. Come back and come back. And so that's one of those things at some point I would like to try a little more and, and just explore can, you know, as a team, can we all adopt this technique in a way where we interact with each other better? Yeah. The other thing that, that we've done some experiments with, with mixed results, is using a Pomodoro while mobbing. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that I think you can kind of run into collectively uh, in a mob session is that everyone kind of gets a little bit of malaise and then all of a sudden instead of one person kind of bogging down, it's like, man, I got, I've got three or four people here that just kind of stuck on this problem. Mm -hmm. And so some of our uh, mobbing sessions, well, actually it's a Pomodoro timer. It's like, okay, this is, this is the case for uh, the whole mob to take a break. Mm -hmm. um, the other good thing about that, is you know try, trying to line up bathroom breaks when you're right. robbing, right? You're like, okay, well, we've got five minutes here, and instead of <laughs> you know staggering out one bathroom break, you know per person over the next hour, let's, let's everyone go and come back, and we'll all be here. Yeah, I think those are those are two areas, like the like the focus light, and then Pomodoro's as a team that I think I could get better at. The Pomodoros as a team, um, there definitely is a thing where it can be really easy to not notice how people are feeling uh, in some in a session like that until it's kind of too late where you're just like, nobody wants to be here right now. Um, so I like the idea of structuring the breaks and making sure because I usually forget, you know, it's usually we're 45 minutes, an hour in and I'm like, uh, we need to take a break. Yeah. Um, but we, sh we should have done it sooner. Uh, awesome. Eric, um, this was really fun. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of a developer experience podcast. Shout out to Eric Potter for joining me. You can find him on Twitter at Potter Eric. 
On LinkedIn, he's Eric B. Potter, or you can read his blog at humbletoolsmith.com. If you like the show, support it at the podcast's home, anchor.fm slash a hyphen developer hyphen experience. Follow the show on Twitter at adevxpodcast. Follow me on Twitter at ppopowitz, that's P-E-P-O-P-O-W-I-T-Z. Take care, friends. Oh man, we cranked this out. We got it done.